and thank you for joining us yet again for an episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters, and I'm here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim. She keeps us all rocking and rolling over at Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, Michelle. I'm good. I'm good. I'm really, in spite of the not-so-spring-like weather, I'm good. Yeah, Yeah, right? Right? It feels a little chilly for April here in the upper mm-hmm. Midwest and Northeast. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. wait a second. I, yeah. I accept that there are April showers, but <laughs> give me a few more degrees with them. <laughs> Let's hope it brings May, May flowers, right? I'm sure it will. And May weeds, but we won't talk about that. Always focus on the flowers, not the weeds. <laughs> Speaking of weeds, as in not getting into the weeds, yeah, that's, that's really what we've come here to talk about today is client communication. How can yeah. you keep that pipeline flowing and make sure that, you know, expectations are set? Everyone's, you know, po- you know, everyone's in the loop. So we all know what road we're on and that we're all moving forward on it. <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite topics. Yeah. Um, because it comes up a lot in terms of the problems that public relations professionals experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is not the sole domain of solos. I think that this happens in workplaces all across the country where you, the end result of bad communications are people feeling like there are unmet results, frustrations, stress, and, Admittedly, you cannot resolve every single issue proactively, but there's a lot that you can do to set a foundation so that it's a very successful client or work relationship. And I think that that the key to that is communication. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. so so jazzed to be tackling that. And I'm going to presume you would agree. I, I would say all businesses relationship at a yeah. certain level. And the key to a good relationship is communication and yeah. you know, just setting that up. And I know we preach this all the time of, you know, when you're working with a client, establish what the outcomes, what, what outcomes they want to see, how are we going to get there and how are we going to measure them? All part of keeping a good uh, line of communication going with your clients. It just, it just is, you know, you have to sit down at the beginning of the relationship and just say, Hey, you know, first I just, you know, we start with where does it hurt? Okay, well, how are we going to resolve that? And what does that mean to all of us? And I know that we're going to talk about onboarding, but I honestly believe that this communication foundation starts from the very first meeting Mm. or conversation. As you, you know, sometimes we're so eager to, to win, you know, we want every opportunity. And that's a great thing because you want to have choices. So, you know, you're presented with a prospective client and you are in it to win it. You just, you want them to know that you're smart, that you're valuable. And then on the back end, you start to do some assessing, but I would love for us to take a step back and to think about Mm -hmm. even those interactions. Perfect example. If in setting up a meeting for your very first client call, you're finding that the person is super slow to respond, very spotty in their communications with you. Maybe they don't respond until a weekend or after hours all the time. And it's several days. Treat that as the gospel truth, because Mm -hmm. how they're responding to you now is probably how they're going to respond to you in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. you have to really start to think about, does that communication style work for me? 
Do I want someone who only answers me in the middle of the night? Sometimes that means that it's a super busy person and they just can't seem to get the days organized to communicate during business hours. It could mean that you're dealing with somebody that is a evaluator of the service and not your main contact. You want to suss that out as well. And I'm not saying don't take the meeting. I'm just saying take notes of these things and you, then you can address them even as you're doing your first call and as you're talking about your business and you're talking about how you work, make sure that you ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. like who, who would be involved? Who would be the day-to-day contact? You know, how, how do you guys work? You know, what are your workflow processes and systems? And mm-hmm. because you can weed out a lot of problems later if you ask questions on the front end. Right, right. And keeping in mind, too, that communication is more than just me telling you something. It, it's all of that. It's, it's how someone is, you know, treating you verbally and non-verbally. And these are all things you put together. And, you know, especially as solos, the beauty of it is we can choose whether or not we want to work with someone or if that's really going to mesh with our style. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you have to kind of be honest with yourself up front. And I know, I'm sure you've had this too. You'll have someone who's gung-ho and wants to get going and then you get a hand over the proposal and you, you literally do not hear from them. You wonder, did they move away to an island? Are they super ill? Like what's happening here? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's happened. That's happened to me a couple of times, but I'll tell you one of my most favorite client relationships and they're no longer a client, but the relationship persists. Uh, that and and the relationship didn't end for bad reasons. It was right. because of merger and acquisition. It took me one year, one year from that first meeting to actually close the deal. And yeah. I just, you know, I mean, this is where you have to really be discerning. Yes, the person was really busy. Yes, there were things going on. But here's the funny part: I followed her from in terms of just trying to get the business from. Three companies later, three oh my companies goodness. Later when we ended up working together. Wow, that's amazing. Started at one company, then she moved to another company, had to, you know, I don't want to say chase her down, but kept in contact, kept nudging. Yeah. We need help there. Let's hear about yeah. the job. We would have these periodic phone calls. We'd talk yeah. about stuff and it's like moving, moving, moving. Yeah. Third company, third company. Third is company's the charm. Third company. So... <laughs> I mean, sometimes it does pay. Like I'm somebody that it's worth it. I'm not giving up. I, but, but during these times of the pandemic, it's really not uncommon for people to go dark for a number of reasons. Overwhelmed now, taking time out of the workforce, just, you know, just there's so many reasons and people are so overwhelmed that sometimes they just don't have the bandwidth to get back to you. Yeah. Stop taking that stuff personally. If oh, it's absolutely. So, yeah. Again, that's where you have to really do a critical assessment and not, yes, you should have a standard. Yes, you sh- should have a checklist, but you have to apply what you know. Sometimes your gut says, you know what? I think this is worth following up on. I think this is worth another conversation. Other times you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't even really want this business that bad. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I also live by the the maxim of, you know, whatever's meant to be is meant to be. Not that I'm passive about it, but yeah, a lot of times, like you say, it has absolutely nothing to do with you because yeah. let's face it. I mean, there are times I don't, 
I don't like to let things go for months, but I mean, shoot, I feel bad if a day goes by and I haven't responded to someone's email, but some days you literally cannot get to it or you, and, or you run out of bandwidth True. and, 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 and whatever they're asking is not a house on fire either. So it's okay. Yeah. You, know, you don't, you don't have to be right there, right on it. Well, let's like, talk about some of the pitfalls, like, you know, yeah. what happens, you know, in client relationships that can be solved with better communication. And I think like you say, it starts with that first conversation and then you can move it into starting with even your proposal, you know, spelling things out explicitly in the scope of, you know, here's what I'm hearing from you. So here's what I think you need. And here is exactly what I am going to give you for the fee you're paying. You know, not not that you're listing every minutia, but you know what I mean? Just so they have an idea. Oh, okay. And and by the way, this is what we expect to get from it. And also even, you know, whether we're going to do weekly check-ins, monthly check-ins, you know, how, you know, please let, like you say, point person, how can I track you down? How can we find each other if we need something quickly? You know, all of those things coming together. Yeah. I mean, so here are two things that I personally do that I think people might benefit from, and you can adapt this to your style. During the conversation process, when we're talking about, I make sure to say how our team works. Mm-hmm. I talk about where we're based and we also talk about how we're efficient. And our efficiency means we spell this out very clearly. We just say it very plain. Yeah. Our team does not do weekly meetings. We limit right. meetings to X amount of time. For some clients, it's once a month and it's a quick half hour meeting. For others, it's bi-monthly and they're half yeah. hour and we tell yes. clients that because we use our time very efficiently for you. So we don't take up a lot of meetings. Obviously, if something right. is going on and we need to meet, we're happy to do that. But for regular right. meetings, we keep them to once a month or twice a month, yeah. half an hour quick. And not one single client, not one has ever pushed back about that. So we're really clear about that. But then in the onboarding process, we have an onboarding document for clients that we customize and it has our information, our hours mm-hmm. so that they understand. And we tell them this, like, hey, listen, you know, if you send us email, you know, we understand some people work at weird hours. You work mm-hmm. when it's on your mind and you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. We're not going to answer until the next day. Be right. up about that. Yeah. I don't care if clients text me. And there are a couple clients that, you know, we'll text back and forth at night sometimes if something yeah, like a media interview comes in and we're, you know, coordinating. I don't care about that. But mm-hmm. you have to set your boundaries and have clients respect them. So, and I spell that out in your yes. onboarding document. When you do your kickoff call, reinforce that. The other big area that I see problems crop up is around scope and measurement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just, you know, determining those boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, whether that means, uh, we talk about this all the time. I mean, there's no guarantee in, in placements, you know, there's no yeah. guarantee. So, you know, just to be, you can't promise, oh, yes, this is going to get placed in the New York Times on this day. I mean, we all know, you know, roll your eyes. It's like, of course, it doesn't work that way. But, you know, we do the best we can. I know with, you know, again, you know, my clients are more, you know, locally based and and regional. And I say, you know what, we'll pitch it. If it doesn't get picked up or even if it gets picked up in one, we'll have that to point back to, you know, you, your news will still be out there. 
as is what I like to do. And, you know, in, in the world of social, you can set more finite, you know, parameters for what your goals are. And, you know, just just work from there. But knowing in in this world that we work in, it's not really like a science. We can guarantee we're going to gain one degree each month, you know. And, you know, I think metrics is something that we'll tackle more in depth in the coming months because it's the area that trips up a lot of PR people. And I'm going to give you something super simple to take the scariness out of it. Because when we say (laughs) metrics, people think data, analytics, numbers, and it makes their head blow. Right. Very simple way to measure success is to talk to your client and you can ask this really simple question. So I always work from a plan. We tell our clients from day one that we work from a plan. We only do a plan for one quarter at a time because too much, too many things can change. We have a loose idea of what the year is going to look like, but we plan. So we do quick plans each quarter. Mm-hmm. That allows us to shift focus and priorities if something comes up with the client. And we try to work from campaign so that we have something that is guiding us. Mm-hmm. We always say to the client, what does, what would success look like for you? What would that mm-hmm. mean? That's very simple language. You're not asking them to say, hey, we need to see 20% yeah. of this. Now, if they give you something, then that gives you, you know, the information you need. Let your client tell you how are they measuring success? Yeah. I love then that. You take their end goal and you say, here's how we can contribute to that success because Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, it's a bigger goal and it's going to involve more than just PR. Here's Mm -hmm. how we can contribute to that goal. Now you can back that back, reverse engineer it to like, okay, so here's what we're going to measure. And Mm -hmm. you pick the things that are going to show your progress against what your client told you that they want. I think we get bogged down and, and then we have these arguments over which is not a great measurement and impressions and engagement. What does success look like to your client? Maybe your client doesn't care about any of those things. Right. All they care about is how many people came to our website to download this case study? Can you help me with that? How are you driving traffic to the website? So now if that's what your client really, really cares about, measure that. That's easy. That's not, that doesn't take an analytics degree to be able to do that. And I, again, this is communication. It's not making an assumption about what your client wants to see. It's asking them, what does success look like for you? Don't make an assumption about it. Ask, then figure out, okay, here's the measurements that we can give you on a monthly basis, on a bi-monthly basis, whatever reporting you decide on with the client to show them how you're progressing against what you said you would do. Oh, no, it's, it, and it's perfect because, you know, they then, of course, they're going to have ownership. They're the client, but it really gives them the ownership of what their idea of success is. Because like yeah. you say, we may have an, an assumption of, well, I think success for you might be X, but what I really need to know is what does it look like for you and, and yeah. all the roads that we can get there is, is just ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we just, we tear ourselves up into knots and we, we should I use this? Should I use that? I need to do this. And yeah. Hey, but what's important to your client? Here's the funny thing. You know, I do 
medium relations. I do the full peso model. Mm-hmm. Not every client wants the full model though. Mm-hmm. I have clients that could care less about earned media. Mm-hmm. That's not what they want. But some PR pros, even though your client doesn't care about that stuff, you are so fixated on it that then, and then you're like in knots, like I got to get a hit, got to get a hit. And it's, it, you sound like an addict and it's like, is that what your client cares about? Yeah. Do they, do they really? Well, and I think, I think you're, you're wise when you say you plan quarterly because, you know, and, and it's interesting with the PR side for my clients is, you know, initiatives that we do. And, you know, a lot of it's still ongoing, just trying to generate, you know, uh, awareness, right? Yeah. So looking for those opportunities, but then even so, you know, at least annually check in and say, okay, so when we, you know, establish these, these were your goals, are these still your goals? Is this still the target market yeah. you want to go after? You yes. know, are you still trying to find, you know, uh, small businesses, 100 to 200 people who need XYZ? Is this still who you're interested in, in getting to? Because, you know, you could get so far down a road and, and they're going, you know, the complete, uh, complete other direction. It's like, uh-oh. So don't and go, don't go on autopilot. I, I promise you, unless you ask questions, they will forget to tell you. Oh, um, totally. <laughs> what I routinely ask about is if they have a content calendar, an events calendar. I always say, is there anything going on in the business, you know, mm-hmm. right now? Are there any new product developments? They forget these things because they're just doing their work and they forget to tell you. And like, oh, yeah, we have blah, blah, blah. So that's important. And then that allows you to sometimes call out things that they're taking as routine and saying, you know, that's really interesting that you guys are doing that. That would be a great campaign for the next quarter. And, you know, I, we've set this on this program. I'm a huge fan of documenting. Documenting holds you and the client accountable. And then if you need to tweak the plan, you have a, a document that you can go back to that your client has access to as well that you can tweak if things, because again, things shift. Sometimes they have made a personnel change and it's a big deal and it's going to shift the priorities internally, or they, you know, signed on a new partner or signed on some new relationship. and, And that now becomes a priority, which is why, again, we you know, our rule is quarterly plans and Mm -hmm. monthly too frequently. So quarterly with monthly check-ins on the plan. Yeah. Because if you you, get there. Yeah. Because if you operate monthly, you end up, that's all you do every month. You know, not all, but it takes up such a chunk that you're you're just stuck grinding on busy work and not accomplishing anything. So yeah, the time flies too quickly. And, but that, that is so true. And, and again, that's also another thing. Don't take it personally. If, if something slips their mind, it's like, oh yeah, we're sponsoring this thing, you know, and you think, well, why aren't you telling me? Well, again, they're busy doing their jobs and, you know, yes, you're, you're a part of the team, but you know, in the day to day, a lot of things can, can get lost. So it's, and, and they may not think of some things as being interesting enough to do something with just because it's yeah. it's part of their, you know, part of their day to day. So it's it's up to us to, to find these opportunities, even from within. Absolutely. Yeah. Ask questions, write things down, share, yes. communicate, communicate. Yes. <laughs> I mean, even even the texting, you know, it's yes, it's fine if you're texting with clients, but. I still love, you know, primarily email because that's as close to a written word, you know, paper trail, if you will. 
of this is even if it's if it's something worth confirming, you know, dash off this is to confirm we talked about X and we decided on Y. And you know, thank you and blah blah blah. But and I mean listen, sometimes you have to meet clients. So you may have a yeah. preferred communication style. Yeah. Share that with your client. Yeah your client really has a whole different style, then you need to address that early on. Yeah. I know some communicators hate Slack. They hate it. They resist it. If a client says, you know, how do you guys feel about Slack? I've worked with people that have said, we hate it. We don't want to use it. I personally love Slack. I have some Mm -hmm. clients that that's our primary method of communication. It works super well. We do quick stuff back and forth throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And my email is nice and clean. And email yeah. is only when there needs to be a thread. And oh, for totally. Forth, quick updates. We yeah. just drop Slack. If we need to hop on a quick Slack call, we can do that from the app. But some people hate that. Yeah. So again, and some people on my own team hate that. So <laughs> a lot of times I'm the one who's in charge of the Slack channel. And I make sure to like catch all the messages because I'm on it. And, and it's no big deal. I'm at yeah. the doctor. And it's like Slack comes in and I can just answer it. No biggie. But again, you have to really understand what's going to work for you and share that with your yeah. clients. People prefer phone calls. Right. Like, hey, listen, a phone call is a great way. If you have a question or we need to chat about something, just here's the number. Yeah. Here's the yeah. Ring. And sometimes that works best. And I think, um, you know, Anything that, because I don't know about you, I'm on my laptop most of the time. So it's nice to have at least one command center. So Slack, all those things are great. I even use something called Mighty Text, where yes. I can text from my desktop. So if people do, you know, do text me, it's it's a little easier and you're not feeling like you're looking all around all the time. <laughs> so any yeah. of those project management platforms are wonderful. And you do, you have to meet your client at least halfway. I you agree incredibly absolutist about, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't do windows. (laughs) But I think Michelle, you said it in the beginning, and this is the key, remembering that it's a relationship. Yeah. And in any relationship, it does require some compromise, not compromising your integrity, your morals, or compromising yourself, but sometimes meeting to find a mutually beneficial solution. Because Everybody is not going to work the same way as you do. And then finding clients and being, you know, really intentional about who you do business with, because you do want your clients to align with how you work and who you are and what's important to you. And you want to do work that brings you joy because that's how you're, you're most successful is when you're working with people that you really enjoy and you're doing the work that you really feel allows you to be satisfied in your career where you're really delivering value. But, and the communication thing is absolutely a part of it. I mean, there are some client types, you know, and this came over time learning what works and doesn't work that are some that I'm just happy to not do business with them. Not Mm because they're bad people, but because I know myself Mm -hmm. and I'm realistic about what works for me and and creating the best environment for my success. So for all of us, we all have to figure that out and stick to it. And communications is a huge part of that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I'll do a little plug here. The next time the Solo PR Pro membership opens, there there are so many wonderful resources for onboarding and establishing these communication points. So keep an eye out or visit soloprpro.com and get on the mailing list because then you'll find out next time membership opens. Yeah. Best 
best resource money you'll ever spend. But also remember that we're here pretty much week. Sometimes we do pre-recorded broadcasts and we're going to start to bring you even more content on our YouTube channel. So please subscribe and like, we would love that. What, however you choose to connect with us, we're super appreciative of it. And let us know if there are topics that you'd like us to address. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, please, please. That's communicate with us so we can meet your expectations. Well, we so appreciate your time and thank you for joining us on That's All Alive. life.